Good morning again, Fellowship of Faith. Welcome. My name is Jason Weber. I am the pastor of student ministry here at Fellowship of Faith. As you know, since I'm here and it's Fellowship of Faith. Um, we're diving here into week two of our God Stories series. Um, and, and today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my uh, faith journey and, and answering the question, why am I here? Now, again, for, if you remember from last week, I'm not answering the existential question of why any of us are here, right? I'm, ask, uh, I'm answering the question, why am I practically here? Um, and, and, and really, the, the question is bigger than that. It is, why am I here, and why am I working in student ministry? Hence the photo montage uh, in the background here. Now, there are a lot of contributing factors that go into my faith journey, but I would hope that the singular overarching reason would be generally self-evident given the title of the series, God Stories, right? So, God, right? Um, and rather than walking you through a full-blown autobiography this morning, because frankly, it's probably going to be boring for you, um, my intent today is rather to share a faithography of sorts, and, and hitting on the main points of my journey of faith. And as with many people here, I'm sure, spoiler alert, uh, life did not go quite as planned, and there have been many twists and turns along the way. To provide perspective and a little insight, I'd like to begin at the beginning, if I may. Not beginning of the Bible, of course, but my beginning. Um, I was born in New York in a suburb just outside the city uh, to a pair of Lutheran school teachers. When I was just a toddler, we moved to Hong Kong. My dad had a two-year contract with a Lutheran school there called Hong Kong International School. Uh, my parents actually ended up being in Asia for almost three decades. We'll circle back to that in a second. So I grew up in Hong Kong. I attended this top quality Christian international school from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. And all in all, life was pretty normal. School, band practice, jazz band practice, volleyball practice, Homework, sleep, school, repeat, right? Just keeps going. Um, we went to church on a regular basis, basically every week. I mean, technically my parents were, were missionaries slash teachers there, so you know, it made sense that we plugged into the church there. We prayed before meals. We did occasional family devotions. We, we, we did all the normal church activities, Christmas, Easter. Uh, one year I, I even went on the, you know, to the National Youth Gathering. Um, it was an experience. And generally speaking, most people would say that, that it was a pretty typical Christian upbringing. Here's the thing. Even with all that 
Christian activity. Even with all that Christian involvement, my parents' faith never really took root as faith of my own. Now, I don't want to assume that everyone knows what I mean by this, so let me try and explain it from my perspective back then. Sunday morning services were just something we did. It was expected of me. It kept the peace. And typically, I got to hang out with my friends afterward and, and, you know, nosh on good food, so it was worth it. Sure, I, I wanted to be a good person. You know, I was following the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? But there really wasn't much else to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against God. I had nothing against God. I, I just wasn't a connection on a spiritual level. I didn't really see Why? The reality was, at best, at best, and so this, you know, yeah, this was just an occasion. God was the clockmaker of the universe. He set it up, wound it up, put it all into motion, but generally speaking, was not in the midst of it. A classic term for that is deist. Um, the idea that God is in charge, he was actively engaged, that he was interested in me on a personal level, that he had a plan for me, meh, I didn't buy it, and I didn't need it. I had a solid plan of my own by the time I graduated from high school, college, Get married, work, retire, kick back and enjoy the rest of life, right? Totally solid plan. Come on, what's wrong with that plan? It's a good plan. Yeah, I was 18. What did I know, right? The world was my oyster and I was invincible. Uh, Yeah, well, how many of us, knowing what we know now, would want to go back and smack our teenage selves upside the head, hopefully to get some sense knocked into us. Yeah? Good. Okay. You're, you're right there with me. Good. So I headed off to college, secure, probably even a little smug, thinking, all right, this plan thing's coming together. Thank you, A-team. Yes. Now, knowing what you know, and probably many of you have experienced this along with me, any guesses as to how my faith journey went when I went to college? (laughs) Really, I mean, I wasn't interested in it. Yeah, I grew up in it. And in retrospect, it certainly would have been nice if I had paid attention to God along the way. But like so many college students, the whole 
organized Christianity thing it just wasn't all that important to me. And I just did the church thing while I was staying with my grandparents in the summers and visiting my parents on, you know, holidays. So moving along, we're jumping ahead a little bit here. To make a long story short, I met a girl. We ended up coming up here. I ended up following her here in 2001 after graduating from Valparaiso University with a degree in computer science. Nothing theologically related, of course. So I got a BS in CS, and I have to say that every single time. I got a BS in CS. <clears throat> got a house, got married, got a job, got a new car. Everything started going, uh, and, you know, things were coming up Jason all around. It was all good, right? I even started going back to church somewhat regularly, but... Again, it still wasn't the spiritual connection. It was just sort of the expectation, right? Things were going good. Fast forward five years. The fall of 2006. My wife told me that she had fallen in love with somebody else. Now, the specifics as to why our marriage broke down are many, but allow me simply to say here, there's plenty of fault to go around. And I share this piece of my story not to generate sympathy or to cast judgment, but because this event became the underscore, italicize, pivot point of my entire life and connects directly to the question at hand, why am I here? This past May actually marked the 10th anniversary of my divorce. The divorce was, by leaps and bounds, the most difficult and painful event in my life. After she told me, I was in complete shock. There were days I didn't even have a clue what to do. I couldn't function. I just sat there, not even sure if I was sad, if I was angry, or any of the other emotions that were running wild at the time. Now, I was working at home at this point, and, and it, just, it wasn't uncommon for me to just kind of sit there in a vegetative state. I didn't even tell anyone that anything was going on for a week. Eventually, I very slowly started opening up to folks here, actually, in this community. And in talking with them, bouncing my thoughts off them, started reading Christian books about relationships, 
and diving into the Bible in ways that I had never done before. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. The adrenaline was ever free-flowing. I spent almost all of my waking hours reading, praying, writing. And it was during this trauma that it happened. What once was a theoretical faith of my parents became reality for me. And it was mind-blowing. Not long ago, I heard the phrase, God doesn't have grandchildren. For the first time. And it took me a second. I was like, well, that's an interesting statement. I'm not sure if I agree with it. And then I realized, wait, no, that's, this is exactly what it's talking about. At some point, we all have to take ownership of our faith. And boy, did the Holy Spirit grab hold of me something fierce. Romans chapter 12, especially verse 2, the whole chapter, but especially verse 2, all but screamed at me, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The Holy Spirit was transforming me, was working me over, renewing my ways, my mind in ways I'm still working through today. That deist perspective I had had and held on to growing up shattered. And I started to see all the ways that, that God had worked in my history, in my growing up, preparing me to get through this moment. My awesome plan, right, utterly and completely crashed and burned. And even though life was a royal mess, God obviously had known how things were going to play out. And I could do nothing but trust that he had a plan moving forward. The light in the darkness If only I would actually let him lead. So obviously my plan hadn't worked out very well. So I did. After a few years of healing, I stepped out in faith, doing short-term mission work, full time, even though I had actually never been on a mission trip before. I stepped out in faith, taking on an ordination program offered through Concordia Seminary, and I still chuckle to this day that I'm a pastor. 
furthest thing from my mind growing up. I most recently stepped out in faith when the principal of Faith Lutheran High School asked, hey, could you teach a senior theology class? Sure. (laughs) And there are tons of other ways that I was asked to step out in faith, not having a clue how things would play out, but knowing that God had me. It has been an amazing and wild ride thus far, and I really can't wait to see what's next. But none of this, none of this happens without the legacy of faith that was handed down to me by those who have gone before me, by those who have gone before us in Christ, laying the foundations upon which we stand. The reason we are here. Without the foundation I had growing up, without the seeds that had been planted, fertilized and watered throughout my journey, I would have had nothing, nothing to land on, nothing even to lean on while working through my struggles. I think back and know, without a doubt, that God absolutely saved me from a tailspin of self-destruction and even more strife. Instead, steeping me in Romans 12, he absolutely lit me up to serve. This is why I'm here. Continuing a legacy. Laying the foundation of Christ in hearts and minds of others, and especially our students. So that when life begins to crumble, when the waves are coming over the bow, they're ready to withstand it, knowing who they are and whose they are. Not long ago, I attended a youth-focused mental first aid health training led by the Lake County Underage Drinking and Drug Prevention Task Force. I want to throw some stats at you. And please don't see this as a scare tactic. I just want to share some hard realities of what our students are facing. These are actual Lake County stats, so they're not like nationwide aggregates. These are just one county over, so really right here in our own communities. More than four in 10 high school seniors had a drink in the last 30 days. Two of those four binge drank. And by drink, I'm not talking like a sip of alcohol. We're talking, no, they had a can of beer, they had a full drink, right? More than one in 10 eighth graders So 13 to 14-year-olds, 
had to drink in the last 30 days. Nearly three in 10 12th graders have smoked marijuana in the last 30 days. Nearly one in 20 of eighth graders have smoked marijuana in the last 30 days. Depending on which study you look at, suicide is either the third or second leading cause of death in adolescence behind accidents and homicide. Think about all those sources around us now, shaping the identities of our young, beyond parents, beyond school, and classmates. Of course, you got all the media, right? TV, the movies, magazines, social media. Is it any wonder that our students are struggling and turning to substances and self-harm? We live in a time of uncertainty. But when we anchor ourselves properly and surround ourselves with a community of support, we can withstand whatever life throws at us. We can be certain of some things. The forgiveness and redemption in Christ our identity in Christ as loved children of God. We know that our lives are part of God's incredible story. His plan is unfolding around us all the time. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be Christ's hands and feet we need to be willing to step out of our comfort zones in order to see others' lives impacted. Living out the legacy of faith in the world and passing it on. This is why I have such passion for student ministry. Yes. Raw biblical knowledge, absolutely important, no question. But it only gets you so far without the connection, the relationship. Relationship with Christ, of course, and connecting into a community of believers. Now, our ministry, understand, it isn't a once every now and then if we you know, feel like it. That's not our approach. And it's why our incredible student ministry team of volunteers spend so much time with students. Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings, retreats, mentoring, mission trips, social media. Always connecting. It really comes down to this. 
We can't wait to see what God has in store for these students. In the grand scheme of things, my goal isn't to be remembered, but instead to make sure I've passed on the legacy of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. A legacy passed down by my parents' parents from small town Indiana, handed off to my parents, handed off to me, It's incredible to think about what 30 years ministering in Asia has done, what kind of legacy that has made, but also the legacy we have here. We have no idea what kind of impact we're having here down the road, but it's exciting to see. It's exciting to to find out. There's this line from an old Rush, uh, Russell Crowe movie, um, and it is old, believe it or not. Uh, it it's, was 2000 when it came out, so it's a little disturbing to think about that, and yeah, I'm getting old. Um, it's a movie called Gladiator. This quote was rolling around in my head as, I was co- you know, as this message was coming about, and, and the quote is simply this. What we do in life echoes into eternity. Now, the statement, Greco-Roman, whatever, throw away his theology behind it. Turn it on its head. Think about what eternity means in terms of the lives we have impacted down the way. Our students our children, their children. What we do here and now impacts the legacy we are handing down. What will it be? Are we going? Are we making disciples? Are we making disciples who make disciples? Who make disciples? Who make disciples? My story is not unique in the big picture sense that God stepped in and saved me. Stacy shared with us some of her story last week, and we get to hear several more stories coming up in future weeks. And these stories remind us that God is far bigger than we can imagine, while also helping us to see that he is just as much in the details. Maybe there isn't a pivotal moment when everything changed for you. Awesome. I pray that you can still see purpose in these stories. Likewise, Maybe something in my story resonates with you. Let it. Let it spark something.
We're going to close in prayer here in a moment. I'm going to invite the band back up. Can we rise? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we stand in your presence. We are here because of the legacy you left, having taught your disciples, having shared your love, and having saved us from sin, the devil, from ourselves. Lord God, for all those times when we have wandered astray, for all those times when we have ignored you, we haven't looked to you, we haven't known, Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. Lord, for all those who have stories, let them share. Let them share the legacy they have experienced so far. And Lord, continue that legacy into the future. <laughs>